Welcome to the Location Indie Podcast, an unfiltered, behind-the-scenes, no-holds-barred look at the realities of the location-independent lifestyle from two guys who are living that lifestyle. I'm Trav. And I'm Jason. We're the co-founders of Location Indie. And you may have noticed there was no timer in this episode, Trav. Yes, that's because once a month, we're going to be rolling out a very special bonus episode for you where we're highlighting one of our Location Indie members and their story of how they became location independent. We're going to be doing that today. So let's get into it. And I'm so excited to welcome this month's Location Indie member of the month, Shelby Eagleburger. Welcome, Shelby. and Congrats. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And just so everybody knows, we, we do this live in the community. So we're on Zoom, which is like a Skype type thing, but better. So I'm looking at a bunch of boxes and awesome faces from all you Location Indie members. So thanks for coming. Um, and Shelby, yeah, like you had a couple things that you wrote. Um, you know, when we choose a member of the month, we usually send out uh, a questionnaire just to get some insights into where you're at in your journey and everything like that. And one of the questions we ask is, what are you most proud of over the past 12 months? So do you mind if I share like a little bit of that, Shelby, what you wrote? Okay. So yeah. The first thing you said, he said, I'm proud that I've learned to take risks and to push myself beyond my comfort zone. I quit my stable, comfortable job and took a leap into the unknown as someone who has always operated with a clear plan and fail safes. It was a huge departure from my typical behavior patterns. Although terrifying, it was entirely, entirely worth it. Um, yeah. Can you tell us about your corporate job? Like, What were you doing? Um, so I was a fiber optics engineer. So basically, whenever you have fiber to the home, like Google Fiber or anything like that, I was the person who planned all the routes and uh, did all that engineering work. So it was a very different, um, not exactly particularly interesting work for most people to listen about. But um, yeah, that's what I did. I was a fiber optics designer. And by the way, I should mention your website, ladynomadandco.com and uh, Instagram, Shelby Eagle Burger, right? That's my name. Um, When did you first hear the term location independent and, and like decide, okay... That's a thing. Like I'm going to go after. Was it when you were working your job, or? Um, I think it's something that I've always wanted. I didn't always have the right term for it, and I kind of always had it in my mind that the only way to travel and make a living was to travel for work. You know, work for someone who allows you to travel, or that your job requires that of you. It never crossed my mind that you could travel and then work instead of working, you know, traveling for work. And so I think it was whenever I found a community of people who like lived their life in that way, especially through podcasts and books and that sort of thing. Um, a few years ago, it kind of blew my mind that that was an option. So it was pretty recent, actually, the last few years. Yeah, cool. I feel like we all have like, and I'm sure you got some of you guys can relate to this, or maybe all of you like there's this whole I don't know, like soaking it all in period where you're like reading things and listening to podcasts, different things. And then, then there's like, then the the step of actually going location independent and like taking action along the way, of course. But, um, you know, you mentioned like it was a big deal for you to take those risks and it wasn't really part of your, your character, so to speak. Um, can you share some like specific things you did to overcome like those fears and push beyond that comfort zone, take more risks. And and that can be like, let's say first from a mindset perspective and secondly, from a practical standpoint, because I think like throughout the journey of this, as you guys all know here, like there are different fears and things that 
that pop up. So I'm always, you know, no matter where you're at in location dependent journey. So I'm always curious to hear like what people do to, to kind of push past those things in case it's anything like we can use for ourselves. Absolutely. I think one of the big things that happened was I really took a hard look at what the worst case scenario was, you know? Yeah. So I was like, worst thing that happens I'm broke. I'm like, well, I was broke six months ago and I was fine. You know, that's that's the worst thing that's going to happen. And I know that I have a very supportive network of family and friends that are going to be there for me. You know, the worst that happens is I get another job. You know, I go back to what I was doing. You know, it's not a step backwards. It's just going back to where I was, which isn't ideal, but it's not the end of the world. And I think the other thing that really helped was looking at things as an experiment instead of a business or, you know, a a new venture, because that sounds scary. You know, when you're like, I'm going to try something new, I got to make money, you know, it's going to be profitable immediately. But whenever you have a cushion and I was lucky enough that I did, um, I saved up enough money that I could feel comfortable living for a while and giving myself that space to really think of things as an experiment and just try things without the pressure of being like, I need to make this much income immediately. Uh, it gives, gives you more breathing room. And I think saving up a little bit of money really helped. And having that safety net, but not so much that pressure <laughs> of making it, you know, like I need to build, a, you know, a business immediately, even yeah. though that's what it is in reality. That right. doesn't, it's not what it feels like anymore. It feels like something I'm trying, like something that's fun. It makes it, gives you room to play still. Did you do anything specific to figure out what that cushion was going to be? Like, did you calculate your expenses or like what, like pra- on the practical side, how did you figure out a number that was like, cause I think that's a challenge for a lot of people too. If you're going to quit your job, you're like, all right, what, like, what is the number? Because the paychecks, it's weird when you leave a job with a steady paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. Because then you just don't get paychecks anymore, of course. But like, that's, that's scary. So you're like, all right, when do I actually like voluntarily stop getting paychecks? Um, yeah, exactly. Mine was kind of, I don't want to say a forced, but I was put into a situation where it was, I had a real impetus to do it. So I had been working in Belize for a while for my job. And so I'd come back and they wanted me to go back for another three months for four months. And it wasn't a situation that I personally wanted to go back to. It was something I'm glad I did, but I really was not enjoying my work. I didn't want to be stuck there for another four months. Um, I had just gone out of a long-term relationship. And so my lease was up. I was like, the only thing that is keeping me like in Kansas City, which is where I was at the time, is my job. And so I had to make a decision within about a month of whether or not I was going back. And I had some money saved up because luckily when I was living in Belize, I didn't have much living expenses. Everything was paid for. So, you know, I had a little bit of a cushion. So I remember I called my dad and I was like, I think I need to quit my job, but I don't know. I don't have that much money. And he was like, you know, it's fine. You know, if worse comes to worse, you're going to be broke. You can come back. You can get another job. And I think it was hearing it from other people saying it's going to be fine. Sometimes you know, you don't know when it's right and you have to just make that decision. And I think I had a group of people here on Location Indy, including a mastermind group who really encouraged me. And I think after I had to tell people when I was going to do it, it gave me sort of an accountability. I said, all right, on, you know, by January 1st, I'm going to put in my two weeks. 
And then having people say, did you do it yet? Did you do it? You know, gives you a little bit more instead of just saying it in your head. You say it in your head, it's easy to back out because no one else knows. But I think when you put it out there and you make a statement, you kind of have to stick behind it. Um, but it's never going to be right. It's never going to feel like stable. Yeah. Or secure. You're still going to have like a scary feeling. Oh, yeah. it was terrifying. Of course it was terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. It's always like, yeah, it's always funny when people say, you know, because your close friends are be like, oh, you're going to be fine. You'll be great. And it's like, it's so easy for them to say, you know, <laughs> like, okay, I'm pretty sure I'll be great. But um, yeah, if you say so, <laughs> but it certainly does help. Um, so like, what is your primary income stream right now? Um, right now, I am kind of in between things. I'm working at my family business, which it worked out really well. Um, so my family has an import, like export business with an e-commerce store, but their main um, supplier just shut down this month. So basically the model had been buying, you know, wholesale at auction, selling online, you know, bringing all the stuff to a warehouse, uh, you know, that we owned and then shipping things out. But since the supplier was shutting down, um, my dad basically approached me and was like, you know, because we had been talking about drop shipping and different sort of third party options that happen. And instead of taking this as like, oh, this is scary, you know, everything that we've been relying on is now gone. We're like, okay, now it's an opportunity that maybe we should shift to something like this. So right now we're working on um, kind of transitioning this more traditional brick and mortar warehouse to customer to a more independent third party shipping um, situation. So that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, I'm working with him doing that. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, and I know not everybody has like, you know, family business that or they maybe some people do, but then they wouldn't want to work with their family. I don't know. <laughs> Depends. But um but yeah, but like I think it brings up a good point because um when I first went location independent, I did uh business consulting and it was for a buddy of mine who I just gotten to know over the years and like I think it's like an underestimated your your immediate network is like a really underestimated I I'm, uh, it sounds impersonal to call it an asset, but since we're speaking in terms of business, we'll call it that way. Um, you know, and I'm talking about like maybe LinkedIn connections or Facebook connections or immediate That's family true. or whatever. Like, because I think once you put it out there, you know, things that you might not have considered or might not have heard about before, like can can uh, those opportunities can pop up. Um, uh, how did you? Uh, this is another tricky thing. At least it was for me, and I, I'm guessing some of you here can relate. And by the way. Since uh, we have location members here, you guys feel free to chat it up if um if you want to participate or ask some questions or just uh, comment on the conversation as we go along. So it'd be great to hear from you guys. Uh, when it comes to like making the mindset adjustment from getting the paycheck every week to all of a sudden like not, <laughs> how did you deal with that? Did you? Did you change the way you lived? Did you just like focus on your goal? I, I don't know if you have like a sort of a target income for your location dependent business or you know, how how are you yeah. dealing with that whole process? Yeah, I absolutely do. And you know, I have my own side, you know, projects I'm working on. But I think well, one, my you know, expenditure had to go down, which was okay. And I think it's kind of what you touched on. It's relying on your network which I was really hesitant to do for a long time. 
it was a lot of pride in that, you know, it was in my mind that the only way to be successful was, you know, pull your stuff, you know, yourself up by your bootstraps and, you know, got to be independent and going alone. But really, um, although I have a certain target income, it's about working with the people around you and saying, hey, I need a place to stay. You know, I can spend this much, you know, putting it out there. And 90% of the time you can get someone to, you know, volunteer, you know, a solution to your problem. And not having a steady income is scary. But like I said, when I did have that cushion, that helped. But you don't want to just spend it all at once, obviously. But I think it was also important at the time for me not to go too far to the conservative side. Because half of the whole point of quitting my job was to be able to say yes to opportunities. And recently, like I went on a road trip and I was like, I could save this money, but you know, that's right. Being able to say yes was the point. So, right. Right. And then I was able to save money because when I was traveling, I did reach out to my network. I was like, Hey, we're going to be here. Is there a place we can stay? You know, can we carpool that sort of thing? And I think it's putting all that together. And although you can be frugal, you still need to, take advantage of, you know, the reason that you did it in the first place, you know, wasn't to stay home and to, you know, eat rice and beans. And I mean, like all that is great. And you need to do that at some point, but you can't say no to all these opportunities. Yeah. Well, I guess two things on that. Like, first of all, like I know there are some things when you say, all right, well, living more frugally. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's, you know, it's more fun to eat like a fancy steak dinner than, or whatever you like than, uh, than rice and beans or ramen noodles or whatever at home. But I've also talked to a lot of people that it seems like there's a trend where, you know, when you cut expenses, like there are parts of your life that increase in in value. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and I think it's also being able to see what's important. Because you know that, you know, fancy steak dinner, it's not that important, but being able to say yes to a road trip with your friends, that's important, you know? Right. Things yeah. like that. I think it's really figuring out what has value in your life. And most of the time, it's not the stuff you're spending money on. It's stuff you're spending time on. And, you know, you don't really need to be spending a lot of money to be happy. You need to be spending a lot of time on things that are important to you, which I think making that transition gives you the ability to do. Well, yeah, I liked what you said about... um you know, being able to say yes to opportunities because that's that could be another like sort of, I guess if you're in leap mode or thinking about quitting your job, that could be like a thing that you could focus on, right? Like, hey, like once I leave my job, I get to say yes to other opportunities and who knows what they're going to be. And, you know, they could be things that double my income or, you know, and I can travel or whatever. So that's... And I've that's, had that, you know, come up where you know, I want to reach out to people in my network, you know, whether it be people I barely know or people I know pretty well and be able to get to know the company. That's like working with my family. It's not something I ever planned on doing, but since I didn't have, you know, my nine to five to go to, whenever this thing came up, I had the opportunity to say yes and say, yes, I can help you with this. Yes. I want to be involved. Yes. I want to see where this goes. You know, and before if I had still been in my job, that wouldn't have been an option, you know, because, yeah. you know, I'm obligated to be somewhere at a certain time, which, you know, is hard. It's hard to say yes to things when you're tied down. By the way, you've you left your job how many months ago? Um, I was officially done January 1st. Okay. So it's been like over three months. Um, 
Yeah, because the second thing you highlighted, you said you're most proud of for that's uh, happened over the last 12 months is the interpersonal connections you've made. You said, I'm a tried and true introvert. And I've made a concerted effort to forge meaningful connections with positive like-minded people is one of the single most empowering life-altering challenges I've ever undertaken. So like this, I was excited to get into because advice for introverts, it's, it's not something we talk about a lot. You know, a big part of putting yourself out there in, in, in business or life or travel or whatever is, uh, is putting yourself out there. And that can be scary for introverts, right? Oh, so God. like, yeah. yeah, like talk to me about, yeah, like when you say you're an introvert, like what does that mean? Maybe can you paint a picture of like sort of that part of your personality and, and like yeah, how, how have you merged that with like this new lifestyle? So I think one thing that really characterizes an introvert sometimes, and I posted about this recently, is something that people sometimes call an introvert hangover, is after a certain amount of time with people and social interactions, like it drains your energy. With extroverts, you're around people, you know, it's energizing, you know, you get a lot of energy from that and being alone too often will drain your energy. And for introverts, it's just the opposite. So too much of being around people and having to interact becomes very draining and very tiring and very exhausting mentally. And I think one of the big things I've learned that is it is going to take an effort. It's never going to come naturally. It's not going to be one day you just decided that this is going to be easy now. And so one thing that I did, which sounds really silly, but it really helped was I put it on my schedule. I'm like, all right, this many days a week, I have to in person or, you know, call someone. Like I have to talk to someone on these days of the week for at least this long. Like it was scheduled out, like talk to someone. It would just say like, talk to someone on my schedule. Just so you wouldn't end up like being alone for too long kind of thing? Yeah, well, that... And or because, just to push yourself, like... Well, and that's the only time that you really make good connections. And you that's the most important part of life. It might be hard for someone who's an introvert, but it's important to make the effort. And it's always worth it afterwards. Afterwards, you're like, that was great. But you also have to schedule downtime where you're not around people. Because I had the issue of whenever I made it a challenge for myself, I'm like, 30 days, I'm going to talk to someone every single day. By the end of it, I was done. Like I was exhausted. I needed a break. I couldn't, you know, function very well mentally. So I think I've come to the conclusion that you have to schedule yourself. You know, you have to schedule like when you're going to force yourself to talk to people, which is always pleasurable when you do it. It's just getting there and taking that step. But then you also have to schedule your downtime when you have alone time, when you have time to regroup. And so it's finding a balance, but making sure you stick to it. Um, that really helped me. Yeah, that's great advice. Like, I mean, that can go for anything like anything that you think like wouldn't be an obvious thing to put on your calendar. Maybe try like putting it on your calendar or in your daily, whatever it is that you look at every day or to do I even list or whatever. I even had one that said, leave the house. Like, right. you know, for, it doesn't matter yeah. why, but like at some point, if you just get really into a project, I know I can do that. You know, I'll be for a week straight working on something and not realize I haven't talked to anyone who left the house. So now it's on my schedule. Like uh, this many days, a week, like talk to someone, leave the house. Yeah. I'm like, all right. You know, I love that. That's a great tip. Yeah. I mean, like then it, you look at something like that on your to-do list or whatever, your calendar and you're like, oh my God, if I don't like get outside of that. Like, I don't do this thing. Like this is going to be a sad day, right? Like yeah, get exactly. outside of the house. Like I can do and that. I, and I <laughs> think know? putting it on your list means 
it's important. Like the moment you write it down, it becomes a priority. It's not just yeah. something you should do in the back of your head. Like I should probably, but if you right, write it down, it's right. on your list. It's no, that is something I have to do. That is a task for the day. It's not just something I ought to do. You're setting an intention and making time. And then it sounds like, you know, combining that, that practical strategy with like just knowing thyself and being like, okay, well, I know I'm an introvert. So like these are the things that make me uncomfortable. So if I schedule these things, then like I'm more apt to do them, I suppose. Um, that's great. Um, can you share like any resources or anything right now, like websites, podcasts, whatever that are helping you the most in like business, travel or life or anything related to this lifestyle or really could be anything? Um, there's quite a few podcasts that have been really helping. Actually, there's a book that I've been reading. Um, I think it's called The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. And it has kind of blown my mind, to be honest. So basically, she writes about the science of procrastination, which is something I've always struggled with. And so her method is super simple and it sounds kind of childish and simplistic when you say it out loud, but basically there's that gap between when you have the urge to do something, say, I should do this in your mind. And then there's that few second window where you either do it or you start thinking about it where you go, well, but, or maybe I should, you know, you start waffling, then you're not going to do it. So basically the moment you have the thought, like, I need to do X, Y, and Z, you count backwards from five. You go five, four, three, two, and then you do the thing. And it sounds so simple, but it interrupts that waffling, that should I, shouldn't I, maybe it's kind of acting on your impulse. And it's really helped. And it's been so strange. Like, even just getting out of bed, saying, all right, five, four, three, you know, don't snooze, just do it. Don't think about it. And as soon as you take that first step towards doing the thing, the rest is easy. It's just starting. That's really hard with most things. So Mel yeah. Robbins and the five second rule has really um, been super helpful recently. Nice. That's cool. I, I'll have to check that out. I like that concept. And um, Casey, one of our community managers here is posting links to all these, that book and different things here. And we'll put those in the show notes as well. Um, awesome. So like before we wrap this up, I guess I, I want to ask you about travel because that's a huge part of this. Uh, like how much, how much was the travel aspect a motivator for you? And, and like, where are you, where are you planning on going this year now that you're free to do it? Um, it's been probably almost hundred percent of the motivator my yeah. entire life. That's been kind of my goal. Like in undergrad, I was a geography and anthropology major. My entire grad school, I basically made maps for a living. So it's, been at the forefront of my mind and every decision I've made has been geared towards that. I mean, that's why I went to grad school overseas. That's why I've done lots of different things in my life. Um, as for places that I would like to go, I have this, well, I want to go to Southeast Asia, of course, mostly just because it feels like a Mecca, like a, like a pilgrimage that everyone has to do, you know, a rite of passage. A digital nomad pilgrimage. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> But I think my biggest one, and this is going to sound silly, but it's been something I've wanted to do since I was a kid. So I've always wanted to stand on the China-Russia border because I just, it boggles my mind that one, they border each other. And two, what does it look like? Like, what do the people look like? What do the sounds like? Like, what food do they, I don't know. But the China-Russia border, I, I want to go. Just to, <laughs> As a kid, I would just look at the map. I'm like, 
what in the world? Because your romantic imagination of China and your romantic imagination of Russia are two very different things. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, what does it look like when they meet? I don't know. That's I love hearing those sort of like non-obvious travel dreams, right? Like everybody here, if you have something like that, put it in the chat box because I'd love to talk about this afterwards. Um, (laughs) No, Shelby, yeah, I appreciate your, um, you know, just coming on and and sharing a bit about yourself and your journey and yeah, uh, some awesome tips there that you gave and um, congratulations. And yeah, if you want to check out uh, Shelby's site, ladynomadandco.com and we'll... uh, We'll link to that, of course. And Location Any members that are here, you guys stick around afterwards because we're going to hang out and jam a little bit. So um, thank you so much, Shelby. Thank you so much for having me. All right, cheers. Thank you for joining us today on our very special monthly bonus episode where we highlight a Location Indie member and their story. If you're interested in joining Location Indie and learning more about what goes on in our community, Check us out at locationindie.com. You can hop on the newsletter and be the first to know when the community opens up again. We'll chat with you soon. See you next time. Peace.